You're listening to Sad Baltimoreans. Home of the all-weather fan. Really putting that phrase to the test this week, folks. <laughs> putting it to the test. My name is Sam Dingman. This is Alan Smith. Let's get stupid. Baltimoreans. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> hey, quick question for you, Alan Smith. Um, what was your first thought on Wednesday morning? Um, let's see. I travel back in time. Um, my first thought was, um, why do I let myself do this? Mm. Mm. <laughs> That's a good, that. I can taste that. I can taste yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was entirely based on um, personal recrimination for how much I had let myself get hurt over mm-hmm. the previous three games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a little bit of like that classic dumb baseball fan thing of like, um, well, clearly I wore the wrong, why was I wearing the city connect hat on <laughs> Sunday? Like clearly that it ha- hadn't worked on Saturday. So what am I doing? Um, but, but no, mostly- Alan, Alan, I'm just here to say it's not your fault. It's my fault because I went to <laughs> the same bar where I watched game four of the Royals series in 2014. So I, uh, that's on me. All, it's we, not we on you. Made, we all made such terrible mistakes. <laughs> but I, I think honestly, like the yeah, the the, the feeling, um, the feeling was one of of um, wondering, you know, why I had why I had swung at the football yet again. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I was visited by the by the bard. The the phrase that was in my head. <laughs> I swear, I wrote this down in my journal when I woke up on Wednesday morning was a glooming peace this morning with it brings. <laughs> and I do feel a little bit like, like, like we drank the poison. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, that, that line, by the way, is from Romeo and Juliet. That's why I'm talking about drinking poison. Um, and <laughs> I, feel I think like, I think Sam. I think it is safe to assume that anyone listening to this podcast is well aware <laughs> of which Shakespeare play that was from. <laughs> that anyone listening to this podcast uh, is thumbing through the complete works as they listen, as a matter of Friday course. Yeah, um, uh, what a fan fan graphs, um, <laughs> baseball almanac, <laughs> and a complete works of William Shakespeare. Mandatory reading for any Baltimore Hunts episode. Yes, yes. Also, we all have uh, our, our Friday routines. <laughs> And, and, um, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the communist manifesto reading companion by, uh, Marx and Engel. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So good, good. Uh, well, if you could all just, um, close your mother Jones tabs for a moment. Um, yeah, I, the reason I say a glooming piece is, I don't know, tell me if you, if you felt this way, Smith, but. I was a little bit like, yeah, I, I knew this is what was going to happen. Um, th- I mean, this goes back to the conversation we had a couple of episodes ago where I felt like, you know, that sense of waiting for the punch that we talked about, that sense of, 
you know, it's all been a wonderful dream, but we're going to wake up eventually and remember that we are the Orioles and, and we are Orioles fans and that we don't, we don't get to have this. And so that's why I say a glooming peace, because it was in a weird way, a sense of coming home to that familiar faint burn of disappointment that fuels. It definitely felt familiar. My life. But there was <laughs> a little difference this time. Hmm. And that difference was we don't get to have th- the feeling I had was we don't get to have this yet. Not ever, but yet. Like the difference to me between the feeling this year and the feeling in 2014. That was our window. I, we missed it. Now it is yes. back into the darkness. Yes, and we are we are here in this American League Championship Series in 2014 by dint of the wizardress fingers of Buck Showalter and Delman Young. This year, I actually feel like, no, this team is definitively excellent and only going to improve. And I think the moment just got a little bit too big for them. Mm-hmm. I think it just got a little bit too big. And I, I was thinking about this last night because I was watching the Phillies mercifully dispatch the Braves, which we will come to in a moment. And I was just watching the way the Phillies play. And all year long, we talked about the kind of goofball confidence that this Orioles team had. And I don't know if you felt this way watching the the ALDS, but for me, it was not there. There mm-hmm. was a... There was a solemnity. There was a seriousness. They, they didn't look like our guys to mm-hmm. me in these games. Um, and I don't know. It, it seems like maybe it's possible that they got in their heads a little bit about like, oh, well, we're now here as official representatives of the American League East. The you know favorites. what I mean? We are the division champions. We must uh, perform as such. And that's not how we played all year long. And I think we tried to... We took take that approach in these games, and it did not work out too well. And the Phillies, watching the Phillies, those are a bunch of, like, long-haired, pirate, renegade knuckleheads, you know? Um, and they they play like, you fuckers don't even know. You don't even know how bad this is going to be for you. <laughs> and... I'm not saying I don't think the Orioles are capable of that because most of the the stars of the Phillies are like, you know, a good <laughs> three to eight years older than our entire roster. But I think, I think that can be an energy that we find if we are able to sustain momentum next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that in general, the three game series against the Texas Rangers was a continuation of sort of, I don't know, late August into September baseball for the Orioles. I, I think that like that, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you know, we didn't feel as invincible or even as goofy or as fun or like it, that, that I think everybody played 30 to 40 more meaningful baseball games than they'd ever played in their lives. And they were all exhausted. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that sort of showed out also, you know, I am, 
enough of a student of the game to believe that small sample sizes show us absolutely nothing. Yeah, um, true, and that's true. what that's what baseball playoffs are. Mm-hmm. They're a, they're a, they're a, they're a large sample size game that suddenly we decide to move into a small sample size space. And I do think that you know, um, the it was not the first thought that I had on Wednesday, nor probably the first thought I had on Thursday, but one of the thoughts that I've been having today. Um, as I process more and also as I watch the Dodgers and the Braves and the Brewers and the Rays, the other teams with the best <laughs> records in baseball, um, all fail to advance, um, is I, while on the one hand, I acknowledge that sports is, um, moving in a different direction from uh, like all sports, not just baseball sports is moving in a different direction from the sports that we watched growing up in that the playoffs are becoming the most important thing in every mm-hmm. sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and how many mm-hmm. rings you've won becomes the defining factor of mm-hmm. how good a player or bad a player you are. Yeah. Um, that, you know, rings culture is more and more how we talk about how we think about sports than, um, and as a result, whether or not you perform in the playoffs becomes more and more like the defining factor of everything. But yeah, there was a moment or maybe a hundred years when winning the American League East or winning the pennant or what have you um, carried or winning a hundred games even carried with it um, huge significance and yeah. was valued maybe not quite as much as a World Series ring, but it was considered um you know a really important and desirable <laughs> outcome and i'm yeah. just trying to get back to that a little bit <laughs> trying totally. to get back to the thing about like yeah you know the we lost three games in a row to the texas rangers but this season was undeniably by any metric a success and yeah. maybe you know to that fe- trying to put a feeling of like why do i let myself care and reframe that to um, you know, I do care and I care about what we did rather than what we didn't. Yeah. You know, I, I think you're making such an important point, Smith, like in our baseball lifetimes, like as yeah. when both of us became baseball fans, there were <laughs> there in the American League and National League, there was an East and a West. And if you finished in first place in the East, you played the first place team in the West in the playoffs. And then it was the World Series. There were two rounds of playoffs, two rounds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you finished on top at the end of the regular season, it was a massive accomplishment because there were four teams that were going to the playoffs. That's it. And you had to be. You had to sustain that excellence all season long to get that tiniest little whisper of a shot to advance. And right. And it, and and the result is the regular season is meaningful in a way that like everybody on the internet now is talking about the Phillies as a team that is built for the playoffs and the Braves as a team that is built for the division. Right. And the I guess I'm not even like um, man shouting at cloud about this. Like, I don't necessarily even like I do. I do like the upsets. I do like March Madness. I do like 
mm-hmm. the sort of like uh, snow globe nature of the randomness when it's yeah. not kicking me directly in the teeth. But I do like I, I do think that baseball has a serious problem on its hands about how important the regular season is. And if it's going to stay 162 games, um, then and we're going to continue to devalue those games more and more and more to the point that like. Did you see this statistic that in the 20th century, three teams were bounced in the playoffs by a team that had won 15 fewer regular season games than them? Wow. And in this decade, it's happened to the Dodgers three times. Yeah. Well, just the, the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the Dodgers are kind of it, for for whatever reason, it feels like the Braves are absorbing most of the heat about this. But like, this is the story of the Dodgers for the last twelve years. And you they know? got one or two. Did they get two? One, one, one. And it was in twenty twenty. So a lot of people are like, was it really? <laughs> Many people, many people are saying, Smith, was that really a World <laughs> Series championship? I am saying that. Um, but but uh, this is this is a fascinating thing. I think you're right. Like it, we're in an existential moment in terms of how we think about the regular season for Major League Baseball. Because think about it. At this point, why are there even two leagues? Everybody plays everybody else because we have the new balanced schedule. And there's... A universal DH. What's the difference? There is no actual difference. So if we're going to dismantle those differences that formerly existed, we might as well revisit the entire structure of the whole of the whole regular season concept because, I mean, <laughs> it's actually, it's funny that we call it the regular season because we have increasingly made it more regular, you know? Mm. It's just a, a it, we've, it's been regularized. But mm-hmm. speaking of that, I, this is another, just to kind of counter uh, the prevailing winds of our conversation here. One of the other things I was thinking about about these upsets in this particular offseason is that there is a little part of me, God help me, that likes it. Mm-hmm. Because everything else in baseball has been so aggressively normalized over the last few years, really culminating this season, right? With the the pitch clock and everything. Like, the effort to make baseball outcomes more predictable and efficient has been relentless in recent years. And in some ways, the fact that the playoffs are a vector of complete competitive chaos feels like a valuable and important pushback against that normalization effort because, yeah, I mean, this is my age-old hobby horse, but, like, I like that baseball is weird and unpredictable and heartbreaking and absurd. And every choice that gets made to try to vacuum out the little chaos points of it that I for me, work to the detriment of the game. Right. And I, I mean, I, and I guess, I guess that's what, like, I, I think I agree. And I think that even though it is not right now feeling very good because it is our team that, that, yeah. that, that randomization fell upon. Um, I think that, I think that you're right now. 
I think that, but, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I also think that baseball, if they were smart, could have their cake and eat it too, <laughs> mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is to say, if what they were doing was, um, putting more investment in and putting more value in winning the American league East, mm-hmm. um, or winning your division or being the best team in the regular season, if that had more value, um, and I don't mean value in like a better advantage to win in the playoffs. I mean, value as its own standalone thing. Like if there was a trophy, (laughs) if there was a like, because the thing that happens in the premier league, that's so great is that over 36, you play every other team in the premier league twice. And at the end of that 36 games, you have a, you have a champion 38 games. You have a champion and that, team is the best because they have scored the most they have won the most points over the course of the whole season yeah um they also have a series of cups and mid-season and different like moments that um kind of introduce a delightful level of randomness and give lower tier teams a chance to sort of like play against the big boys and there are upsets and it's like so it's kind of both, right? Like mm-hmm. it kind of has the great parts about both things. Mm-hmm. And I guess like if you were to, like you were saying, return to there being two divisions, there's an American mm-hmm. League and the National League. And at the end of a season, the American League winner gets a trophy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they get a champagne bath. They get a trophy. They won the American League. And then they're the best team in baseball that year. Mm-hmm. You also have to crown a champion. Right, right. A champion is not the best team. In the, that champion this year is guaranteed to not be the best team in baseball by a, by a long shot. It's yeah. the team that is going to have gotten hot at the right time, which yeah. is, you know, like, I'm, again, not devaluing that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's the team that uh, maybe is actually designed to win four in a seven-game series rather than 102 out of 162 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and like that might be a different thing and valued differently but you know the world series as you were just saying didn't used to be a thing that had the weight that it currently has which just says to me that we can move to a world where it has a different weight again (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's how I'd fix fix baseball. <laughs> so so you're you're kind of envisioning a situation where we kind of apply equal equal weight or to to both things. Yeah. Rather than devaluing yeah, you, you, one you, in you, favor of the other. You hang a banner, right, and you and, and and because I think that that does two things. It means if I am watching this year's Atlanta Braves, I tune in for every game in August and September because I'm really excited to see if we can continue to have the best record in Mm -hmm. baseball. At the same time, I care a lot if I am the um, Seattle Mariners because I want to make sure that I get into this like anybody has a puncher's chance Mm -hmm. um, uh, championship round. And I think that both of them have like 
it would be really cool, I guess, if we thought about it the way we think about it in Premier League soccer, where it's like Man City is the best team because they pulled off the treble. Mm-hmm. They won all three in the same year. Mm-hmm. So that means they're historically great. I see. They didn't just uh-huh. win the league. Uh-huh. They didn't just win the FA Cup. They also won the Champions League, and they did it all in the same season. Right. So right. they right. are like a world-class team. I see. Uh-huh. But winning any one of those is like a worthwhile goal for any team at any given moment. Yeah. 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 And yeah. It, you know, and, and a couple of years ago, you know, like <laughs> Leicester City won the Premier League mm-hmm. and now they're no longer in the Premier League. They've been relegated. So yeah. like that's like one of those like crazy puncher's chance things that does happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's really interesting what you're saying, because if you think about it from a fan standpoint, all year long, the Orioles felt like appointment viewing. Uh-huh. It felt like the Orioles are playing tonight. We need to watch. There is uh-huh. an excellent chance that they are going to win. And that's going to feel really good. It felt important to go to, to you know, for, for those of us who are expats. Like, it felt really important to, like, figure Make out a, a way. home. Yeah. Get back there, you know, or go see them on the road. Whatever you, whatever you have to do. And the companionship of this team this year was just a remarkably good feeling. Yeah. They, they were good company. And I, I would be really interested to know for a Diamondbacks fan this year, say, yeah. um, did the Diamondbacks feel like good company this year? Because... You know, nobody really expected the Diamondbacks to contend necessarily at the beginning of the year. I think people thought they're going to take a big step forward. People probably thought of them very similarly to us, honestly. Um, And then they raced out to a big start and then they faded and there was kind of a consensus that, like, they're not ready yet. And then they kind of clawed their way back and, you know, ended up squeaking into the playoffs at the last minute and now they're going to the NLCS and like oh my god um but like what was that experience as a fan you know what i mm. mean like what what was that experience i could i could imagine that experience this summer being maddening and frustrating and um kind of annoying <laughs> i mean i'm sure no Diamondbacks fan is obviously complaining about the fact that the team is in the postseason, right? Um, and, you know, positioned weirdly well to uh, go to the World Series. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, this Orioles season was such a success in terms of what baseball is supposed to be, which mm-hmm. is a beautiful way to feel companionship and connection over the course of six months on a on a day in day out basis, it, they 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 achieved that so completely. Regardless, it, it, you know, I was about to say even if they hadn't won a single playoff game, and then I was like, oh, they didn't. Um, <laughs> but um, and you know, I think if it had been a Diamondbacks type season, which is kind of the season we had last year, right? Yes. Yeah. Very similar. I think Diamondbacks won what, like, not that many more games than we won last year and in getting into the playoffs this year. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it was a pleasant 
summer for a Diamondbacks fan? Hmm. Well, I don't know, though. I mean, I think maybe maybe in this sort of like sprint out ahead and then fall back sort of a way or like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I guess I think that um, supporting like, I guess I would argue that in the current system where they even though they were like teetering on the edge, if they if they won tomorrow and they could keep it in sight, then they still have that puncher's chance. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably kind of fun to root for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I think that's yeah. kind of fun. You know, it's probably emotionally draining. It's probably, you know, sometimes frustrating, but I think that's kind of a fun thing to be, to spend all season sort of on the cusp <laughs> is mm-hmm. exciting. Um, and I think that just like, I I kind of like that 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 we now have um, three more teams than we ever did before. Who got who kind of all get to ride that wave? <laughs> Five yeah. more teams, really, because there are two teams that were riding that wave that fell off it at the last second. Um, so I guess I'm I'm not arguing to change that. Mm-hmm. I'm just arguing to uh, to your point. Um, recognize and value more <laughs> the yeah. exceptional product that was like, you know, I mean, yeah, it was a remarkable season. Yeah. It was a remarkable yeah. season. What do you think about this, this discourse that has come up about like, oh, should the division winners get a week off? Um, like that the week off is a bad thing. I mean, I think you've sort of, uh, locked and loaded yourself into randomness uh, by the way that you have chosen to do this. Like if, (laughs) you know, that maybe, maybe the Orioles should do a better job of um, calling up the Mets or some other team that bailed out early and trying to play two games against them that don't count behind closed doors. Something <laughs> like, like maybe, maybe, maybe the Orioles should do a better job with that. But I, I think I don't, I'm sure that it matters in the sense that it is so unlike regular season baseball, that if you're not ready for it and you haven't experienced it before, it probably fucks with you. Mm-hmm. But like we've just been saying, it's not regular season baseball. It's a different, yeah. It's an entirely different beast. So, you know, if if you have to figure out how to succeed in a different sport, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you will and sometimes you won't. (laughs) And I don't I don't think that like not having three or four more days rest. I mean, it it could very easily. uh, I guess that feels like a recency bias argument to me because it could very recently easily have been like that week happened a different week. And we got John Means back instead of losing him. Or yeah. it gave us, you know, one more week to get somebody healthy that we didn't have before. Uh, it mm-hmm. just it didn't work out that way this time. Yep. How about you? Yep. Yeah, I, I think I feel the same way. And I also feel like we were banged up at the end of the year. I mean, uh-huh. we, had a, we had a lot of guys who... 17 straight games at some point, right? Yeah. And we had a lot of guys who were, were really, really limp, limping across the finish line. Um, and I mean, clearly the week off didn't help them very much, but, uh, I think it, it could arguably have been worse if we had had to just keep right on going coming out of the regular season. And if 
people had played up to their true talent levels over the course of the Texas series, we'd be sitting here saying that like we came in stronger by by virtue of having that week off. So I, I agree yeah, with you. I, think- I mean, it's it's like, what can you say besides really the bats went cold and the pitchers laid an egg? <laughs> I mean, like, exactly. We only exactly. had three games. Radish yeah. pitched pretty well, but not great. And then Grayson and Dean pitched shitty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just think it's it's really, I mean, this is the point that you've been making, but like, it's just always crazy to me at these moments in baseball when the the press is like, uh-oh, all the favorite teams were eliminated. Is there some sort of problem that should be investigated here? When in reality, it's like, no, man, it's baseball. It's exactly what you said, Alan. Like, baseball is a large sample size game, and when you condense it, when you condense all the intensity of an 162-game season into a five- or seven-game series, weird stuff's going to happen. <laughs> weird stuff's going to happen. Weird stuff's going to happen. I mean, like, you know, the there there is a world in which uh, Grayson Rodriguez uh, is even passable, and we win that game eight to four. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. Even when, possible. When, he, when he pitches like we know that he is capable of pitching, it's not like Grayson Rodriguez. It's not like we think he's a good pitcher because of small sample size no. silliness. Like he proved it over the course of 10, 12 starts. Like he is good. He wasn't good on Sunday <laughs> for two innings. I mean, he wasn't yeah. even like he's he wasn't good for seven batters. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. 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 And. You know, the the other thing about all this to me is as recently as May, we were talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates as this year's Cinderella team. And there were plenty of people who were credulously like, maybe they're early. Maybe, maybe the Pirates are really here. And then everybody's like, no, no, nope. I knew it wasn't nope. going to be. I knew it wasn't nope. going to be. <laughs> yeah. So let's just all remember that baseball equals baseball. Yeah. Yeah. And... I think what I'm going to try to do is put down the 2023, 2022-2023 Orioles in a very different category than I have the 2014 Orioles. Because I have the 2014 Orioles sort of in the same category as we've been talking about for the Diamondbacks. Like, Mm -hmm. they stayed in it the entire time. They had a puncher's chance. And then their punch landed against the Royals and they fell over. Um, But this year... This 2023 Baltimore Orioles team is a winner and they are successful and it's the best team I've ever watched. Like mm-hmm. soup to nuts, it's the best team I've ever watched. And that's really important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, sh- and should be the stamp that goes down in my, like now everybody from here on out is competing with 2023 as the best team I've, I've gotten a chance to watch. See you in Sarasota, Baltimoreans. See you in <laughs> Sarasota. Hey, Alan, uh, the biggest question for me heading into the offseason is this. Um, What would you call former Orioles prospect Henry Yerudia when he is giving death stares as he arounds second base (laughs) after his uh, second home run of the game? I mean, I I just can't get... Yerudia into Bryce Harper. <laughs> Henry Bryce Harper Rudia. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. 
Oh, right. It's the R, not the U. Got it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Changing it up. Oh, Changing man. Changing it up as we head big, into the winter. I was going to say, that's a big hot stove moment for us. That opens up a <laughs> lot of opportunities that I think previously have been off the table. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. Baltimoreans. 